Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey, how's everybody doing? Good. Y'all look good. I'll say that. So I think I'm going to stand today to start. Um, Anyone can answer. How has this week been? Give me an emotion. Ooh, I heard amazing. I heard challenging. I heard hard. What else have you been feeling? Struggle. Okay. Frustrated. Okay. Anybody else? Blessed? Bless. Joyful vibes. Love. And when we're in the middle of the emotion, how are we feeling in the middle of the emotion? Emotional. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Do you feel overwhelmed Uh, do you feel like everything is against you sometimes and then do you feel like bursts of happiness and you're like oh this is pretty lit yeah (laughs) so this week for me has been all about vulnerability and being able to be in the emotion face the storm Uh, but face it in a graceful way. Face it without judgment. Face it without beating myself up. Face it with courage, with strength, um, with talking it out, even if it's just me and me. And be able to look at it and kind of just, I can't curse in church, so. I don't know how else to say this. (laughs) But kind of just tell it like, yo, you kind of hit like a, you know, like, because I'm so strong. And so are all of you. And as I go through my weeks, I see so many people, I meet so many people, and I'm like, wow, this person's so beautiful. And I remember that this person is just a reflection of me. And Pastor Danny said something a few weeks ago, and he said, you don't know what God is going to be dressed up as, right? So when I allowed myself to really digest that, God started showing up in my life in so many ways, so many ways that actually scared me because I was like, I don't know if this is God. You know, should I step away from it? But I didn't. Just sit with it, sit with the emotion, sit with the 
person because God shows up in people too and sit with yourself and honor yourself. So how many of you really honored yourself this week? Yeah. What do you say when you honor yourself? What does that look like? You can say out loud. You did good today. You made it through this moment. I woke up, I put my shoes on. I was able to go for a walk. You know, it's the little things that matter. It doesn't have to be this big catastrophic event that you need to get to for you to say, I made it. It's the little things that you do every single day on a daily basis that really are the things you should be cheering yourself on for. Because for some people, it's, it's really hard to get up and put their shirt on because they're in such a low state of mind. You know, so tonight we're, today we're going to just honor ourselves as we always do. <laughs> and we'll come home to ourselves by closing our eyes. Or you can leave them open. You can stretch your legs, place your hands wherever they feel comfortable, on your heart, up to receive, down to ground. Or maybe around the person next to you, maybe you need to give yourself a hug because you are doing such an amazing job. And if no one has told you that this week, I wanna be the first person to tell you how beautiful you are how amazing you are. You are such a light in this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful earth. You are magnetic, you are radiant. You are so divine. And you breathe this in. And when you breathe in, allow the air to fill the nostrils. Fill the diaphragm and send this breath all the way out as we release what no longer serves us. We breathe in. And we exhale. of an emotional storm to find the comfort, to find God, to find light. We come home to this breath. The beautiful breath that has been here with us from the moment we entered this earth plane until the moment we leave this earth plane and we find another body of consciousness. We breathe. We come home to ourselves with the life force energy that lives within. This is your sacred space. 
lost in the sound. Get lost in the feeling of your breath. And a deep inhale. And let it go. Do we need to let go in the form of tears? Are we holding on to tears right now that no longer serve the purpose of being stagnant in our vessel? We let go through the breath. We let go through the tears. And we honor ourselves in this moment by repeating the mantra, I am safe. I am safe. safe to let go. I am safe to make room for light and for love and for God. It is safe to trust God. It is safe to be here in this physical vessel. It is safe to be in my own skin. I am safe. Honor yourself in this moment and breathe. You are so beautiful. Get lost in the sound and feel the frequency. Fill your vessel. Let it fill your soul. Let it repair parts of you that may be broken. And we breathe. Send the breath to your toes. Deep exhale all the way down to your toes. And then we inhale this breath of life all the way to our third eye, middle of the forehead. And we send the breath all the way down our spine. Allow it to sit in your heart 
allow that light to sit in your heart and we send this beautiful light all the way down all the way down to your toes yourself how magical you are. See yourself in your mind's eye. What does the best version of you look like? What soul mission are you fulfilling? What does that look like for you? And we breathe. doing such a great job today and every day I honor you it is an honor to know you joy and send this beautiful light out to the rest of the world to your family your friends your loved ones send this light back into your heart And as you go about this week, come home to this space of trust that you have built within yourself in this moment. So when the emotions come up this week, you know how strong you are. You've witnessed it. You are the witnessing presence of your own strength. And as we continue to raise the vibration of this planet, may we remember that we are absolute love and light. And when you come back into your body, you may open your eyes. Namaste. Happy Sunday, good to see you. Welcome to Heartway. If it's your first time, you came to an incredible community. What can I say about Heartway? We're a spiritual but not religious community. We have a strong foundation on the teachings of Jesus, but we are not bound by Christian dogma. And so I don't present Jesus necessarily in the traditional kind of ways that people are used to. Nevertheless, there's so much wisdom to be gleaned, not just from the Jewish scriptures and the Christian scriptures, but 
I'm interested in universal human knowledge. So wherever truth can be found, I grasp it and I share it and I apply it in my life. And so you'll hear me quote Jesus and you'll hear me quote a Stoic philosopher and you'll, you'll hear me quote uh, a Zen dude. You'll hear me quote anybody really who has something good to say. And what's so beautiful about Hartway is that you don't have to conform to any set of beliefs in order to belong. In fact, I don't really talk a lot about beliefs. My concern is life, the art of living. And so we talk about the major life stuff like suffering and meaning and passion and desire and love and compassion. If, if we do practice a religion here, it is love. It's like uh, Rumi, who's a Sufi mystic. There you go, another person I'll quote. He says, love is my religion and every heart is my temple. Isn't that beautiful? So the way of love is the way of Jesus. So it corresponds so well. And I hope that while you're here, you can find healing because all of us are on our own healing journey. And something that we speak about a lot here at Heartway is self-discovery. To discover yourself is to discover God. To discover God is to discover yourself. And so the journey is one and the same. As you get to know yourself at a deeper and deeper level, eventually what you come to find, if you go as deep as you possibly can, is God at the core of your soul. God as your very essence. And as you tap into that and you become aware and awakened to who you truly are in God, that changes the way you see the world. It changes the way you interact with other people. So this morning, I want to take a few moments and share with you a story. We're going to do a little story time from the Hebrew scriptures, the story of a man named Joseph. This is probably one of the deepest, most profound stories in the entire collection of Jewish writings. And it is about a man who, when we are introduced to him, is very immature, very proud and egotistical, sees himself as being superior to others, but through some crazy series of experiences and injustices that this man has to face, eventually he becomes this beautiful model and example of what spiritual mastery looks like in a human life. And Joseph's story begins with betrayal. He had 11 brothers, and out of all the brothers, Joseph was his father's favorite son. So the scriptures say that uh, Jacob gave to Joseph a long coat of many colors to distinguish him from the rest of his children. So dad was playing favorites, and all of the other siblings did not appreciate that too much. Joseph rubbed it in their face, so they had a little tension. They had a little drama. Joseph one day had a series of dreams, and in these dreams, he saw all of his siblings, his brothers, bowing down to him. And like the smart guy that Joseph was, he decided to share that with them. And he said, hey, I had a dream, and God showed me that one day all of you will be bowing down to me. So they did what any good brothers would do in a situation like that. They almost tried to kill him, okay? <laughs> Literally, they almost tried to kill him. They didn't take it that far. They just beat him up and threw him in a pit. And then they sold him as a slave to Egypt, like you do, okay, when these kind of things happen. So 
<laughs> so Joseph goes from all of this haughtiness, all of this superiority, all of this pride to being left alone, totally betrayed, thrown into a pit. And the reality of it is every story of spiritual transformation begins in a pit. Whether it's a pit of despair, a pit of depression, a pit of stress, a pit of anger, a pit of anxiety, a pit of loneliness. Suffering, even though we don't necessarily like this, is a precursor to internal change. We're just too stubborn to learn any other way. Like we have to hit rock bottom. We have to come to the end of ourselves. We have to reach that point where we are at the end of our rope and we don't know what to do anymore to finally realize that we don't necessarily have control over ourselves and our life. Until then, we live in this delusion that we've got this whole thing managed really well. We've got it all under control. Every human being has to experience what I've come to call a necessary humbling. And if you will not humble yourself, life will humble you. God will humble you. And it will hurt tremendously. But it is a necessary humbling. This, this is a necessary humbling that is needed for us to wake up to ourselves. It's not until we don't have any more options. Right? When, when we finally know that we don't know. We don't have the answers anymore. We've kept trying to do it our way and our way hasn't been working for us. Once we experience that frustration enough, we finally can get to a point where we begin to open ourselves up to a power that is greater than ourselves. the power of God, the power of love, the power of truth. And in that opening, it doesn't even have to be big. It can be small, slight, subtle, little. Jesus said just a mustard seed size of faith is enough for me to come in and do work. If we just open our hearts a little bit in those moments of despair, when we find ourselves in the pit of hell, we begin to have these realizations, life-changing realizations. We realize that we are not in charge of our life. We realize that life is not the problem, but the way that we interpret life is. We realize that we have to take responsibility for the way that we experience life. We realize that God reveals himself to us in and through our life. The very life you're trying to run away from is where God is trying to meet you. And if all of these realizations, which by the way, me saying it to you, it means nothing. These are realizations that I've come to in my pit of despair and meaninglessness. <laughs> but you've got to come to your realizations because unless it comes from within you, it doesn't matter. But if you listen, if you open up your heart when you find yourself in those very difficult, challenging moments of your existence, God will speak to you there. That inner wisdom that has been implanted to you by the Spirit will come alive. And it's like the scriptures say, the voice of God is like a still, small voice. It's like a whisper. So we have to get quiet. We have to go inwards. But if in those moments we can get these divine downloads, like I like to call them, if in those moments of despair, when we are in the pit, we can hear God so clearly. How can we not look at these moments and call them grace and not call them grace? 
because that's what they are. They are a gift from God. The most difficult moments of your life, even though it may not seem it like it to you in this moment, is a gift from God. Now, God's grace doesn't always feel good, but it produces good. And that's why it's grace. Fierce grace. It's severe grace sometimes. It comes in the form of you losing something that you love so much or going through a radical shift and change in your life that you were not expecting. It's fierce, it's sudden, it's severe, but it is grace nonetheless because of what it is producing within you. What these difficulties and challenges produce in our hearts, so precious, so valuable. How can we not call these moments gifts? They are gifts, they are gifts. Sometimes we don't recognize that until way later. But you can also come to recognize it while you're in it. If you've had enough experiences in your life that you've looked back on and you're able to say, even though that was tough, that was a gift because I wouldn't be who I am today if it was not for that. If you've done that enough times, you don't have to wait till you get past it to say that about it. You can be in the trouble, in the distress, in the pit and say, this is a gift. This is a gift. This is grace. It doesn't feel like it, but I'm going to keep my heart open. And I know as I keep my heart open, the work that God is going to do in me, the maturity, the growth, the transformation, and all of it is going to come by you letting go. That's what it comes down to. The whole spiritual journey is about letting go over and over and over again because we like to cling. We like to grasp. We like to depend on things outside of ourselves to be at peace. It's all a matter of letting go and letting go and letting go until you're just kind of free falling into God's arms. Every moment of every day, expecting nothing out of life except for life to be what it is. And you learn how to live in harmony with that because you trust that God is at work in all of that, whatever it may be. So Joseph's story begins there in this pit. And yet it is there where he finds all of these realizations, all of this growth, all of this change. Joseph's story goes on and Joseph gets sold as a slave to a man named Potiphar. Potiphar was a very powerful, influential uh, leader in Egypt, which was the most powerful nation of the time. And Joseph eventually gets on his good side and Potiphar makes Joseph the supervisor of his entire household. So this is a big deal. You're talking about a dude who was left for dead in a pit. He gets sold as a slave to somebody who's really important and influential who ends up liking him and promoting him to a position of prominence. Now, the problem was Potiphar had a wife and this wife was a little shady. And she saw this young Hebrew male just taking care of all the house duties. She's like, my husband doesn't do that. And she tried to sleep with Joseph. It didn't work out. Joseph refused. And she got angry. So she falsely accused Joseph of rape. Joseph now ends up in prison. So look at how this turns out. Joseph finally makes it out of this struggle of just being a slave left for dead. He's got something going for him now. Things are starting to turn up. And then before you know it, 
He was just trying to do the right thing, but it seems like all he's getting is wrong results. Anybody ever feel like that? I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm trying to be faithful. I'm trying to be good. But everything just keeps going wrong. What is going on here? They took everything from the guy. They took his status. They took his influence. They took his power. But there was one thing that could not be taken from him, and that was his integrity. Sometimes living in integrity is going to mean you lose things that are valuable to you. Is it difficult? Absolutely. But what you will come to find is that there is nothing more precious, more valuable than your integrity. Even if you were to lose everything in this world, if you have your integrity, you have everything that you need to live at peace in this world. People can talk about you. They can falsely accuse you. They can speak negatively on your name, but if you walk in integrity, you are okay with other people not being okay with you because you are okay with yourself. And so with integrity, guess what? You don't have anything to fear because you don't have anything to hide. With integrity, you don't have to feel guilt. You don't have to feel shame because you are living according to your values. You're doing what you know is right for you to do. And so integrity provides you with a security that no amount of external validation can give to you. If you have your integrity, then you know, I've done what is right in the sight of God. My intention is pure. Doesn't mean you're perfect, but it's your intention that counts. My heart is not to harm anybody. My heart is not to um, cause any sort of trouble. I'm living in harmony with myself. That's what it means to be whole. When the outer and the inner align, a lot of us are misaligned with the outer image and facade that we give to other people and the internal dialogue and stuff that we've got going on in here. When those two come in harmony, that's what it means to live in integrity. And if you have that integrity, oh my goodness, you have something that's so valuable, so worthwhile. I was watching earlier this week on Instagram this interview of a woman by the name of Candace Parker. Anybody heard of her? So she's a WNBA superstar, and her team just won the championship like earlier this week or last week. And she was doing a post-game interview that I want you guys to see. Look at what she says, and for me, it kind of, oh, yeah, okay, go ahead, go for it. <laughs> go, go for it. I think sometimes um, you don't have to tell your story time well. And I think that, like, that's something that I've lived by. And uh, I think everybody up here has had that moment where they felt like they have to tell their side of the story. And you don't have to. Like, just put your head down, continue to work, do what's right, be a good person, work hard, give energy, and, like, the world will give back to you. So I think that's my message with all of this is, like, you don't have to yell from the rooftops who you are or what you do. Like, let time tell and um and just enjoy the moment isn't that beautiful that's integrity that's integrity you don't have to tell your side of the story let your life do the speaking for you let your life do the speaking for you and you just keep your head down keep your intention pure you do what you know is right you do what you know is good everything else will take care of itself and so that's what joseph did even when he was in prison interestingly enough joseph met a guy who used to be Pharaoh's cup bearer in the prison cell that he was in. They became friends. And 
the cupbearer found out that Joseph had this gift of being able to interpret dreams. This was pretty significant. Well, one day, this cupbearer who was in prison with Joseph gets called back by Pharaoh to work for him again. So he regains this position of prominence. Pharaoh started having these funky dreams. He wanted them interpreted for him. And this guy forgot about Joseph. Joseph had told him, please let the Pharaoh know that I can interpret dreams. Maybe I can get out of here. <laughs> this man forgot about Joseph. Crazy. After several years passed, Pharaoh had more dreams that he wanted interpreted. And the people who were interpreting the dreams at that time were not really uh, doing a good job. And finally, this cupbearer remembered Joseph. Oh, nice. Thank you. Finally. <laughs> so he remembered Joseph. So Joseph gets called into Pharaoh's presence and he begins to interpret his dreams. And Pharaoh is so impressed with Joseph that somehow, some way, look at how God's favor works. Just being faithful, just keeping your integrity, just doing what you know is good and right, just keeping your heart open even when you're in the pit. Joseph gets promoted. He, you don't even have to promote yourself. God promotes you, right, in the right, perfect timing. Sometimes, like Joseph, you may feel like you're forgotten right now. Hello, what about me? I thought you may feel like you're forgotten, but it's, it's called divine timing, perfect timing, perfect timing. So Joseph does such a good job interpreting these dreams for Pharaoh that he is promoted to the second in command in all of Egypt. He's the highest official now in Egypt right underneath Pharaoh. That's crazy. Now, there were several years of abundance. A lot of good was happening. Prosperity. Well, there came a time when there was a famine. And the Egyptians were set. They were good because Joseph had been storing a lot of extra food away because he knew one day the hard times would come. He was storing the food away. Other nations did not have the luxury to do that. So when this famine came, all of the surrounding nations were going to Egypt to try and buy some food and hope that the Egyptians would have mercy on them. And guess who was in charge of that whole process? It was Joseph. Joseph is the one who would give the food, sell the food, decide who gets what, all of that stuff. Well, several years into this famine, guess who comes knocking on Joseph's door? His brothers. Remember from years ago? They threw him in that pit. They didn't like him too much. Now, when they came to Egypt asking for food because there was a famine in the land, remember, this is a, a, a matter of survival. They did not recognize that they were in front of their younger brother, Joseph. They had no idea that this was Joseph that was responsible for giving them the food. Joseph knew it was them. Several times it says in the scriptures that Joseph would go aside to his room or to a private place and he would just start weeping at the sight of his brothers. Think about all of that pain, so much that needed to be released. Who knows the kind of feelings that he had been dealing with as a result of being treated like this by his family. Well, in this moment, Joseph had an opportunity. This was his opportunity to get them back. This was his opportunity to make them pay for all of the crazy stuff that he had to go through because of their foolishness. This was his moment to take vengeance. 
And you know what he does? He blesses them. Not only does he give them the food that they need, he gives them more than they need, and he doesn't charge them anything for it. Why? Why? Because the best revenge is not to be like that. The best revenge is not to be like that. He could have been justified in his own mind in blaming them, in accusing them, in harming them, in giving them a taste of their own medicine. But that desire, that thought didn't even arise in Joseph's mind because for Joseph, he did not see his brothers as being culpable for harming him. This is not a story of forgiveness. Joseph didn't have to forgive them because he didn't blame them. He saw a higher meaning, a deeper meaning behind their actions. So much so that when his brothers found out that this was Joseph, they were scared out of their mind that we're about to die of starvation because he's not going to have any mercy on us. And this is what Joseph says to them. <laughs> Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. And he brought me to this position so that I can save the lives of many people. This is the apex of spiritual wisdom and understanding. It is the realization that there are no accidents in this world. Everything that happens, happens in perfect accordance with the will of God. Whatever happens, whether it seems to be good or bad to you, is what needs to happen. How do I know this? Because it happened. Looking forward into the future, there are many possibilities. Anything can happen. Looking backwards, only one thing can happen, and that is what happened. So if it happened, it had to happen. <laughs> so if you argue with life, you will always lose. It is what it is, and we don't like that. But the sooner we come to accept that, the sooner we will be at peace with ourselves in life. Joseph did not blame his brothers because in his mind, it wasn't his brothers that threw him into that pit. It was God. It wasn't Potiphar's wife that threw him into prison. It was God. It wasn't his family that got him into slavery. It was God. Some of you are like, no, 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 I can't. This is too hard. I can't do it. Yeah, this is, it's like, this is like one of those really big pills that you got to swallow. But just take the dang pill. Because the other option is my will be done. My will be done. That's not going to get you too far. It's not going to get you too far. It's going to get you a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. The other option is your will be done. Don't try and understand it. Don't try and rationalize it. Don't try and make sense of it. Just go with it. Just go with it. Whatever it is, just go with it. 
That is the art of life. And you can go with it because you know that God is the one directing the flow of your life. Yesterday, I was singing that song before bed. I'm so weird. But I was saying to myself, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Why was I singing that? Because life is a dream. Your life (laughs) is a dream. This is it in here. This is what you're dreaming all the time. Right in here. I was talking to somebody the other day who was, I think it was like a family member that has Alzheimer's or something like that. And this person's spouse had died years ago. Years ago. But this little old lady kept talking to her son about her father not coming home. He must be mad at me. That's what, that's what she was saying. Oh, he must be mad at me because he, he, he didn't come home last night. That's her dream. That's just, that's her dream. And that's like, oh yeah, she has Alzheimer's. So, you know, she forgot that he passed away and, you know, no, but you dream like that all the time too. Oh, they didn't text me back? Why didn't they text me back? That must mean X, Y, Z. I called this person, they didn't call me back, and now you start creating in your mind this imaginary dream. Literally. Your life is a dream. Do you love the dream yet? <laughs> do you love the dream yet? Do you know that it's a dream? Because it, all you need to do is know that it's a dream. That way, when your mind starts projecting all of these images about how everything is wrong and things shouldn't be the, the, the way that they are, and this person hurt me and that person harmed me and this, that, or the other, at least you know, oh, it's just a dream. And then you can just start enjoying the dream. You just start laughing at yourself when your mind comes up with these crazy, imaginary things that have no root or basis in reality. And then you just keep rowing your boat. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream. Just enjoy the dream. But we don't love the dream. We're scared of the dream. I don't know how we got into the dream thing. But to take this back, my whole point in all of this is when you're going through difficulties and challenges in your life, what do you see? What do you see? Do you see the people who hurt you? Do you see the people who harmed you? Do you see the people who accused you? Or do you see God's hand in everything? There's an old school preacher. They used to call him the Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon. And he said, mixed reviews about him, but I like some of the things he says. He said, even when you cannot trace God's hand, you can learn to trust God's heart. So even if you can't see God's hand in everything, can you trust God's heart? Can you trust that God is good? Can you trust that God loves you and that everything God does is for you and your growth and his glory and just trust that it's already working out in your favor? Can you just trust that? If you can step into any and every situation in your life with that kind of open-heartedness, it does not matter how deep the suffering, you will experience that as pure grace. You will experience it as a gift from God. But it's a matter of seeing 
God in everything and everything in God. God in everything and everything in God. One more thing I want to highlight about Joseph's story, which is important, and I hope that this sticks with a lot of our guilt-ridden minds. And I I get it. I understand. (laughs) Remember how all of this began. All of this started because Joseph was a spoiled brat. Joseph was an immature young man who egged on his siblings. They didn't hate him for no reason. What they did was not right. Okay, but they didn't do it for no reason. This guy was rubbing it in their face that he was dad's favorite. And he really thought he was better than everybody. And he let them know that. And that's why they threw him in a pit. So look at how, look at how God works. Look at the bigger picture of things. Because we can look at Joseph now from this side of things, right? As we recap his story and study his story. We can look at Joseph and say, he made a mistake. Joseph sinned in the sight of God. Joseph failed. And as a result of his mistake and his sin and his failure, look at what he had to experience. And yet, if Joseph wasn't the immature, egotistical man that he was, his brothers would have never hated him. And if his brothers would have never hated him, then he would have never been sold as a slave to Egypt. And and if he was never sold as a slave to Egypt, he would have never been made the second in command in all of Egypt. And And if he was never made the second in command in all of Egypt, A lot of people would have died of starvation because not a lot of folks were as merciful and compassionate, as kind as this man was. His family may not have made it if it was not for the fact that he was the one who was put in that position. How did he get there? Through his mistakes, through his failure, through his immaturity. We feel so much guilt about all of the stuff that we do. And yet what we deem to be mistakes and failures are really just stepping stones into our destiny. Joseph's uh, immaturity, Joseph's moral failures got him to the exact position that he needed to be. There is nothing You do that God won't use. With God, nothing is wasted. Some of you are, oh my God, yeah, I cheated and I'm a horrible person and this, that, or the other. You are exactly where you need to be. Some of you, oh man, I I, I betrayed this person and I feel horrible about it and I've made so many mistakes in my life and I don't know what's going to come about it and I've been drinking so much and I'm addicted to this and I'm addicted to that. and I mean, you just the guilt and the shame. Meanwhile, God is just getting you exactly where you need to be. All of those mistakes, all of those failures are a part of the story that is unfolding, the story of you. It all has a role. It all has a part to play. So don't exclude any of it. Don't be ashamed of any of it. Learn from, learn from it. For sure, learn from it. Grow from it. 
but don't try and hide it. There's no need for us to hide those dark aspects of ourselves or those moments in our lives when we made stupid decisions. Of course, people aren't going to accept you. They don't even accept themselves. <laughs> really? The only people who judge you and don't accept you are the ones who judge and don't accept themselves. I have literal compassion for people when they judge me. Compassion, because I know how much that hurts to live like that. You know, I know how that feels because I used to be like that. God uses everything. It's all a part of the bigger picture. But can you see the bigger picture? Can you see the higher meaning, the deeper meaning through all of the ups and downs of your life? And if you can't trace God's hand, just trust his heart. Just trust his heart. Let me pray for you. God, we are so grateful that you are at work in every season, in every circumstance, in every challenge, in every difficulty that we may face. And we are so grateful that even our mistakes, even our failures are a part of this grand scheme, this grand plan that you have for us. And so we don't have to wallow in guilt. We don't have to wallow in shame. We can trust that you use even that. Wow. Even our faults are grace. Even our faults are grace. Give us the power that we need to walk in integrity, to be true to ourselves, and give us the eyes to see you at work in everything. Everyone else in our life are just extras in the play, instruments in your hand. We are trusting that you are the one that is writing our story. And we know that it is a good story. And we agree with it. No more arguing with life. We will live in harmony with the way things are. It is what it is. And what it is, is okay with us. Because we know that it's you, God. It's you. You are the one moving the pieces of the puzzle. You are the one revealing yourself to us. Everything that we go through in life is for the, for the sake of our own spiritual growth and evolution. And so whatever it is, may it be so. It is here to serve us and our growth in you. We thank you for your presence and your love. And I pray your blessing over every single person underneath the sound of my voice. Equip them and prepare them for what is to come this week. And may they shine your light out into the world, the light of Christ, the light of love. Amen. Amen. All right, familia, I love you. Thank you for indulging me in story time this morning. Hey, Wednesday, we got Circles of Trust. Would love to see you. And then we'll see you next Sunday, 11 a.m. Bring a friend. Don't forget to sign up for La Mesa, heartwaychurch.com. Want to see you there. Bye.